Hey there, sweethearts. Thank you for joining me here on Sweetheart Soul Sessions podcast, where we go from feeling a void to feeling validated, and we go from feeling grumpy to grateful. Be sure to keep your inspiration going by checking out Sweetheart Soul Sessions on Facebook. And now get ready because your session is about to start. there everyone and welcome back to another episode of Sweetheart Soul Sessions. I am your host Andrea and today joining me for this episode is a very special guest. His name is Abbott Skelding, a podcaster himself. Hi Abbott. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me here. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We have actually made a uh a plan to have you guest on on my podcast for how long has it been now i'm gonna say upwards of 16 years is that too long (laughs) sounds about right actually yeah (laughs) (laughs) it just goes to show that people that are creative individuals um we have a lot of good intentions maybe not so great at planning or having things actually pan out the way we expect them to yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, Abbott, um, before we get started um, with our topic for today, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and um, tell everybody listening what you do as a podcaster and the name of your podcast and, and all that, that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am the host, uh, along with my good friend Mike Dickreed, of the T5 podcast, where every week we count down our top fives of anything and everything so we can figure out the best of everything. Mm-hmm. Um and we kind of we just do our own top five rankings of everything from wedding reception songs to Chris Farley characters to <laughs> uh, drum fills and uh, an episode that you were just on that was released uh, last week of mm-hmm. uh, the uh, things not as fun as advertised. <laughs> yes, and that was a fun one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so what inspired you guys to, why top five? I mean, what inspired you guys to do that? When, when people are looking at new podcasts to try, um, I find top five to be super interesting. Why did you guys choose that? I think because, especially when it comes to like pop culture and like other, you know, other things that a lot of people are interested in, Mm um, it's it's easy to, if you're sitting around with like a group of friends, you can like debate and say, no, you're wrong. Like, this is my favorite thing. And, and everyone has their own, you know, how they would rank something if given a category, how they would rank it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I think giving, uh, a, uh, making a podcast in order to, you know, spark debate and cause discussion and, really kind of see what the other person is thinking and what their thought process of any given subject is, uh, I, I thought was interesting and fun to do for a podcast. Yeah, that is true because everybody has their own perspectives on things and it's, it's kind of fun to figure out the differences and similarities between people, you know, and what they rank their top five or what they would choose or what they would, you know, completely disagree with you choosing it. It, it mm-hmm. is. It's a really neat concept. So um, I would encourage people to 
to check you guys out. Um, and you're also on Facebook too, right? Yep. There's the, the Facebook page is at T five podcast, uh, also on Twitter, uh, which is not as, uh, kept up on as well, if that's a sentence. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but facebook.com slash T five podcast is the best way to, uh, see all the new episodes coming out. It's available on Apple podcasts, uh, Spotify anchor, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, for one, love the artwork that you have for the T5 podcast. Well, thank you. um, Yes. And um, the artwork didn't just kind of happen by itself. It's not something that you farmed out. This is something that you created, correct? Yes. I I also uh, do the, the cover art for, for each episode. And and you have designed things for Sweetheart Soul Sessions as well. I you have. have created the logo for us, so um, which people can find on Facebook. Um, so that leads me to our topic um, about being creative individuals. You know, it's it, creativity is something that people feel they either have or they don't have, and I always disagree because I everybody has creativity. Everybody is born with that part of them that is creative. Even if there's people listening to this right now saying, oh, my God, if you if you saw me paint or you saw me draw or you saw me try to sing, it would be atrocious. I'm not a creative person. <laughs> and and I would beg to differ because I think that organizational skills is a form of creativity. People that um, are good at math or can sense number sequences and put them in order, I think is creative. I think that we are all creative, but we use it in very, very different ways. Right. Absolutely. I, like the people who say like, oh, well, I, I can't even draw a stick figure. And like, yeah, but you can draw the hell out of that stick figure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, if I were to go, cause, cause your background is in graphic design primarily, correct? Primarily. Yep. Primarily. What's your favorite thing? Uh, cause we're going to talk about this just for a second before we go on to like how terrible it would be if I were to try to do some sort of graphic <laughs> design, something I would literally open up, you know, Microsoft word and get, go into paint and start doing copy paste. Yep. <laughs> But um, a very, very basic level of understanding with that. I know clip art. I can do clip art. Yeah. Um, but, um, but when it comes to graphic design and things like that, what's your favorite thing to do? Like, like if you're, you're going to sit down as a creative person with art being one of your things, it's not your only thing, but one of your things, what do you find yourself gravitating towards? So I... I think the, the best way to answer that is probably um, my, my design is, or my art or my creative process in general is like me in the sense that it's, you know, it's kind of all over the place. It's kind of, it's, you know, bright and colorful and fun. And I try to, you know, I try to be positive for, you know, as best I can giving the, the state of the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, making things that incorporate, you know, humor or, you know, bright colors or positivity or, or things, mm-hmm. any combination of those things is mm-hmm. primarily what I, what I like to do when it comes to whether it's design or illustration or the podcast or, pretty much any creative endeavor that I try to do. 
Yeah. And I think that that's what we're talking about here. I think, okay, so those people that can't do what you do, essentially, those people that are over here in my boat, you know, with Microsoft Word opening up the paint, you know, and <laughs> things like that. And we're, and, and we don't essentially have that skill set doesn't mean that we are not creative individuals. You know, it doesn't mean that, that, you know, anybody listening to this, uh, if, if art is not their thing, um, there, there's still a need to be creative in some way. I think that it's an innate characteristic of human beings to have to be creative in something. You know, even the kid that's sitting there trying to solve a Rubik's Cube, you know, we all have that friend, right? Like, we all have that friend mm-hmm. in high school, the one kid that carried around the Rubik's Cube, or maybe that was just a 90s thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, and is, are, are kids still carrying around Rubik's Cubes? You know, probably, because the 90s are making a comeback. I that's feel. true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they know what's good, you know, they know what's cool. It's making a comeback. Um, but yeah, I mean, even the kid that's like solving the Rubik's cube, I think that there's an element of creativity and a need to express, you know, with people that are well, with everybody, but with people that are maybe not so good at your conventional creativity, like drawing, singing or painting or anything like that. Yeah. Um, there, there, know, so if, if I can interrupt real quick, I, yeah. I just saw, I literally not. 10 minutes ago, I just watched a video online. It was, uh, it was a video of a dad uh, kind of doing, doing a selfie cam. And his son, his teenage son, was on the riding mower uh, mowing the lawn around him. And the dad was saying, it's like, uh, what did he say? It's the, the honor of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's giving the kid the chance to figure out how to do something. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, or he was like, yeah, he's kind of going in zigzags and he's not doing it exactly how I would do it, but I'm not going to tell him how to, I'm going to let him figure it out on his own and see what he thinks is the best way to, to do that. And I think that's, I, I think that's incredibly important and something that I'd, hope to you know when i uh when we have kids if that's something that i can you know keep in the the back of my head is like you know not everyone's going to be not everything not everyone is going to do this thing that the same way that you would do it mm-hmm. they have to figure it out for themselves and they have to you know use that the critical thinking and and the the foresight and the learning process and just kind of let it run its course and have them figured out on its own. Yeah. I think that alone is, is an expression of creativity. I mean, maybe it's not even the end result, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's how somebody approaches, like you said, an opportunity or, or that it is an opportunity to learn or to approach something in a creative way. Mm -hmm. You know, every time that, that, you know, if I were to recommend a book to you and you were to read it, you know, how you approach reading that book is going to be, from your own perspective and your own, you know, your own motivation. And, and maybe that's the creative part of it is how you approach a book that I suggested to you. Maybe it's not even what you get out of the book. It's just how you approached it. Maybe you read one chapter at a time. Maybe you jumped around to different chapters. I think the way that people do things is, is an expression of creativity also. Exactly. I love that example of a, of a kid mowing the lawn and it, and it being like not the traditional way of doing something. I think that is creativity at its finest, isn't it? Yeah, I, it. I, I think so. 
finding a new way to do things or trying something for the first time and failing brilliantly. Right. Um, so that, that actually leads me to, you know, talking about the, the war, you had mentioned something about, you know, in our, in our, our climate right now, in our atmosphere, our world, you know, everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that creativity has become something that is super important. I I think it's always important, obviously, but I think it's become even more important now that we are struggling as a world. Yeah, it's, you know, when you think of, you know, no matter how bleak or dark or depressing the news is and, and everything that's going on, it's still good to remember that there are, um, you know, there's good and people are using the bad to really amplify the good, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you think about like all the, the Renaissance paintings and everything like that, mm. you know, there, there was a plague going on. Like, so that's, you know, through something as horrible as that is like we get some of the greatest pieces of art you know in that, sp- that in, we know in spite of it yeah and it's yeah and not to uh get on a, a soapbox here but uh when um uh when president trump was elected um i one of the first things that you know popped in my head i said like well like this, you know, it's not the outcome that I would have hoped for, but uh, just think of all of the uh, good uh, protest art that's going to come out of this. <laughs> right. And uh, and th- there's been some good ones. Yeah. I mean, yeah, political cartoons. And mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like, um, you know, any time that, that people, we as human beings, we experience things that we don't like, or maybe something that is different or something that, you know, we don't support. I think that is truly when we are at our finest as far as creating things. I think sometimes we need a little bit of that pressure, um, just a little bit of that pressure to kind of kick us into high gear, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, which leads me to last night, I, you know, made a song for uh, my students and it was something I just decided to sit down and do. And I was motivated by my missing them, you know, motivated by the fact that we can't physically be in the same space and working in the same theater. And I think sometimes that can serve as motivation um, for some of us, you know, for, for others, not so much, you know? So I wanted to ask you actually, you know, how do you feel, your creative levels have been, you know, throughout this whole thing, this whole quarantine situation. Do you feel as though you've been more creative, less creative, maybe in the middle? How do you feel about it? So I think if you would have asked me in April, you know, when the, the lockdowns first started and, um, and, you know, everyone was working from home or they were furloughed or, or laid off and everything. You know, I was, uh, you know, I was at home and part of me was like, okay, well, I'm not at work right now, uh, but 
you know, this gives me the opportunity to, you know, work on projects that I wouldn't normally have the time to do. Mm -hmm. And, and I try, you know, trying to remain positive in, you know, what is maybe the bleakest time frame in quite a while. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it it's easy to get down or kind of succumb to the the negative feelings or things that you see on Facebook or the news or or anything like that. And and I think just trying to remain positive is the most important thing. And then taking that positivity and channeling it to making something if you're a creative person mm-hmm. um i mean that's that's is an incredible tool at your disposal mm-hmm. i think as of now um i think that my my biggest uh problem is that because of the kind of the the free time and and you know the the more opportunities to to do something um unfortunately for me uh that means uh i have all the opportunities to come up with ideas for projects mm-hmm. uh and then no motivation to act <laughs> upon them so <laughs> i i have just enough positivity to get me to the idea stage and then that's where the <laughs> Uh, the self doubt and the the negative comes in, and it's like, mm. or I could do none of those things. <laughs> I think I let me ask you this, and and because I I was I've been pondering this for a while because I can relate, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people that are listening to this right now can relate also. You know, we all have these these fantastical ideas of all these things that we want to do. And, and we just, you know, we like to put them in the, I don't have time to do this yet, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we have the time to do that, that bin is overflowing and we're thinking, oh yeah, I could probably start one of these things or, you know, e- may- perhaps we're even still adding to the bin. Like right. you said, you have all the ideas. There's just not much, you know, uh, finishing of the idea. Right. But, but let me ask you this because I really, I've been hearing this a lot from a lot of people that routine is a problem right now mm-hmm. um, because everything is so topsy turvy and um, it's so uncertain, like how things are progressing. It seems like every time we feel like, okay, we can, we can move forward a little bit with this situation with quarantine and social distancing and masking and all this stuff. It seems like we end up taking a couple steps back, you yeah. know? So, so it messes with our routine. And I, I think as you know, we are creatures of habit, whether we want to acknowledge that or not. Um, do you think that that routine plays a factor in this? Like people not having a routine or not being able to, you know, structure themselves. It's almost like it's almost like if I put you in in a um, in a small swimming pool and I let you I said, I'm going to have you swim laps, you know, just in a lap pool back and forth, back and forth. I want you to do 20 laps. You may feel more accomplished doing that and coming out of the pool than if I were to put you in a giant in ground swimming pool and I said you know just you have an hour just fill up the time right like like you might have a sometimes people need a smaller structure they need that that the confines what do you think about that 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um I I was actually thinking about this uh the other day. I was since graduating high school and graduating from college and you know getting out into the real world, it's you know, you have the the added responsibilities of being an adult and you know taking care of, you know, what needs to be taken care of. But the biggest issue is that when you're in school, you have a schedule, you have classes that you have to go to, you, you have a routine for five days of the week. And then when you, when you're an adult and you graduate and you're out in the real world, it's, it's easy to, you know, you have your routine of, you know, going to work. Um, but once you get home from work, then it's like, Oh, I have five hours before I should go to bed. And then your mind is just overrun with possibilities of things that you could do or things that you maybe want to do and, or things that you're coming up with ideas of things of that you may do in the future. And it's, um, I think, and this is me saying all of this, that with the, the added bonus that I don't do this, Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, writing everything down and making lists and, you know, crossing things off that list. And I know, I know for a fact that that's definitely the way to go when it comes to mm-hmm. remaining productive and keeping a schedule and, and, you know, not losing ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can say that because I don't do that and that's what I should be doing, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's I, I definitely having a schedule helps, and I, I think I think you actually may have brought it up uh, when you were a guest on my podcast. It's like you know people when they were furloughed or, or laid off and everything, they still you know they still woke up at the time that they would normally mm-hmm. wake up, and they would mm-hmm. make breakfast and you know carve out a half hour to work out or whatever, and just keeping that routine kind of keeps up the, the normalcy of, of everyday life. And it, I would assume that those people are not as freaked out about Mm -hmm. what they have to do or what they could be doing. Yeah. I, I, I think that we rely on our responsibilities to carve out a routine for us when I think the real wisdom lies within us making our own routine. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, those people are not phased as much because they are, they are regimented, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they get, like you said, they get up the same time every day. I actually just watched a video. I was scrolling social media, one of the various platforms that we have. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, because I too have a Twitter and an Instagram and all this stuff and they're really not very well maintained. I, I (laughs) you know, (laughs) I think that it's impossible to, uh, I don't know. I guess there's some people that probably maintain all of them, but the list is growing, you know, Mm -hmm. how many platforms you can, you can have, you know, for social media. But um, I just, I found something. It was a, it was a video of a guy who was talking about how, it was a motivational video. Um, you know, he gets up every day. He does not hit the snooze. He makes his bed. That's the very first thing he does. He says, I make my bed because I want to start the day with a sense of I've done something. I've accomplished something. 
if I, if I don't do anything else that is an accomplishment today, at least I know I've gotten up and I've made my bed. And then he immediately goes out for a run. You know, I don't run personally. I Mm -hmm. always joke that I'm allergic to exercise, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but yeah, that he goes for a run and, and then he comes back and he has breakfast and he, and he reads the paper or he watches the news or whatever he does. And then he spends like an hour, um, you know, doing, um, like, like journaling or meditation or prayer or thought processing, um, gratitude journal, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so he's going on and on about how his day is structured and then he doesn't deviate from this. Like he, even the days that he doesn't feel like getting up at six fifteen in the morning, he's tired. He wants to sleep, you know, it's really kind of attractive and tempting to sleep in, you know, he doesn't allow himself to do it. Um, and he says that that's what keeps him fueled and motivated. And <laughs> I have to admit, and you will, your inner Grinch, we've talked about, I'm still <laughs> waiting for that illustration, by the way, of the Grinch yep. looking over and trying to stop New Year's. Yep. So I'm waiting for that. And I will post that on the Sweetheart Soul Sessions Facebook page if you'll allow me once you once you illustrate that. Uh, uh, that, that, that is on my uh, long list of projects <laughs> of that I would like to do at some point. <laughs> there you go. We'll just add it to the bin, right? right. Um, but no, I, I, you know, your inner grinchiness will, will you know, <laughs> be my comrade in this comment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was watching this thinking... Okay, that's great. You know, good for you, man. Good for you that you can get up at 6.15 a.m. I usually, you know, if I'm really doing something, I'm a night owl. So if I'm really doing something that's creative or whatever, I sometimes don't go to bed until 6.15. You know what I mean? Like, I'm mm-hmm. this person's regimented getting up. I mean, that's just not who I am. It's just not in my, in my, in my flow, in my, in my pattern of living. So I'm, I was really, really grinchy like watching the video at first I'm like good for you that you can get up and make your bed if I make my bed my dog gets in it five minutes later and ruins <laughs> the covers like it's really nice to say that you you have this perfect regimented routine but you know what happens you know if your alarm doesn't go off and you get up at eight or you know what happens if it's raining and you don't go for a run that day I just feel like I was very pessimistic about what I was watching um because I'm like, who the hell has time to do all of that? Or who the hell has the, the motivation mm-hmm. to want to do all that, right? Which is surprising coming from the walking Hallmark card that I am. We've <laughs> talked about this, right? Yep. But then I stopped and I realized that I think that I was reacting like that because I don't know how to be that. I don't know how to do that. I've never held myself to the responsibility of having a routine of my own. You know, and you'll, you're, you're, a, you're a dad to be, so mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, this is up and coming. You're going to find this out is that, you know, when your routine is reflective of somebody else, you know, you kind of, you, it's decided for you, you know, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. Don't be afraid. Right. <laughs> you're like, oh, great, Andrea. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, and when you're describing that video, See, I'm I'm the opposite of you. I'm naturally a morning person, and so right. <laughs> but I have noticed that since you know the the lockdown and the quarantine and and everything, I um my work my day job work schedule uh is actually pushed back a little bit, so I'm not going into work as 
early as I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, normally, you know, before I would be waking up at 6.30 and I would be up and moving and, you know, I don't drink coffee. So I'm just like, okay, I I have to drag myself and like start walking and just kind of like get that ball mm-hmm. rolling because otherwise mm-hmm. it's not going to. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas since the, the quarantine and the lockdown and everything, uh, and my, my hours got pushed back a little bit, you know, I'm waking up at, <laughs> I'm sleeping in all the way till 730. <laughs> and, and I have to say that it it's, part of me is like, okay, you know, you, you know, you, you slept and you're, you know, it's time to get up and everything. But then part of me is like, dude, you slept. And, and I get this from my dad. My dad is very much this, uh, uh, it's like, oh, you slept until seven thirty. The day's half over at seven thirty, and so, like, he he's definitely like my dad wakes up at four thirty every morning because he can. Uh, oh my goodness! And so, so I definitely get that from him. But like, it's you know, adapting to a new routine and saying okay this is this is your new normal for now yeah um and you know trying to and and like you said yeah i'm you know have a little one on the way in the the beginning of november mm-hmm. and that's going to be an interesting uh study of me it's like okay you have you're going to sleep an hour every 2 hours for 3 months <laughs> So deal with it. Uh, uh, and I'm like, oh, okay. I, I guess this, this is my life now. You're like, great. Yeah. So that, that'll be interesting to see how, how quickly and uh, enthusiastically I adapt to, uh, like you said, have, having a schedule that's, you know, based on Someone some. Else someone else yeah yeah and I mean it sounds like you're used to that though you know if work and things like that you know determine your determine your routine now it's it's not really going to be much different it's just going to be a shift you know so it's not necessarily a bad thing at all um it's just going to be different and new you know but I think I I think that there's a certain there's this I there's a certain amount of jealousy I guess that I had you know I'm I'm extremely self-aware I usually don't know how to fix my problems but I'm aware that I have them <laughs> <laughs> but I was just extremely self-aware that sometimes you know like with being a parent or like with being a creative person that has a creative job that we have to go to every day that that being regimented like that is really really helpful in helping us to stay on course you know, and, and that I was jealous of this, this guy who made this video and that he can do that without having the outside structure. I really, I really think that that's something that, you know, I want to, and I don't know about you, but like something that I want to start to try and do in my own life. Um, yeah. and, 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 and the, the, the trick of it is, is I, I know you mentioned motivation, you know, you talked about not having the motivation and I struggle with that too, believe it or not. I think motivation, oh my gosh, sometimes it's like the ever elusive, like Bigfoot, you know, it's like, I hear (laughs) that it exists. I just don't, I've never seen it. Right. (laughs) It just, um, 
you know, that positive motivation to just, to just do something, you know, I usually have to be knee deep in a project and, and the motivation to, to finish it is usually enough. Um, yeah. But I think getting projects started is where I struggle with the motivation. But I think if we can master having a routine or creating structure for ourselves, then it takes the place of motivation. It's almost like we don't need the motivation because we have our routine. We have our own structure. We have the way that we do things. And, um, you know, we may deviate here and there, but overall we've created kind of a nice little niche for ourselves. And, and then, then you're not waiting for motivation to show up. You know, motivation is like that, (laughs) that, that friend that is like, like your rich friend that like promises to take you out on the yacht, you know, like we're going <laughs> to party, you know? And, and yeah, when I'm in town, when I'm in town and, and they're like, well, when are you going to be in town? Well, I'll be in town in September. September comes and goes and they're like, yeah, well, I'm sorry. I got, I got stuck in Turks and Caicos, man. We were just having so much fun, but I'm going to take you on the yacht. And then if you don't, <laughs> if you're not careful, I feel like you wait, a very long time and your life goes by and you're still waiting for that motivation. And I think if you just structure it into a routine or you plan it, you know, there, there are some people that are avid planners out there, you know, but if you, and I'm not one of them, but if I could learn how to do that, if we could learn how to do that kind of plan it or structure it into our routine or who we are, maybe that's, that's the one thing that's going to change our lives when it comes to actually doing these things, acting on these creative ideas that we have. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. A uh, uh, couple things. Uh, one, uh, I I don't have any uh, rich friends with yachts, so I don't know. I don't know how that works, but but I'll take your word for it. Um, two, uh, I. I th- I think that even applies to uh, to not creative things. Like, mm-hmm. in, I mean, maybe even more so. But, um, like for example, yesterday, um, I'm like, our our driveway was overrun by by weeds and grass and stuff growing up through the cracks. And for weeks, I'm like, man, that looks terrible. Mm-hmm. I should really get out there and pull weeds. Mm-hmm. But kept putting it off and putting it off and like, oh, okay, well, Sunday, Sunday, I will, I will do it. I will, I will go. And to like, your point is that uh, Sunday was 93 degrees before noon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm not going to shower in the morning because what's the point? <laughs> and like, I'm going to go out and pull weeds. And I was out there for like, an hour and a half, two mm-hmm. hours, mm-hmm. and I was sweating my butt off. Mm-hmm. And but it was the whole thing. It was like it was like pulling teeth to start to do it. But once I started, I'm like, I need to finish this because I'm not gonna want to start this again. Yeah. So, so it's just like the like you said the the goal of finishing something once you're in the middle of it is sometimes better than, you know, letting the motivation build up to, to go, to just make yourself do it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I think, I think that that, um, (laughs) there's lots of different kinds of motivation. And I think that, um, (laughs) when, when we're halfway through a project, like you mentioned, pulling, pulling weeds in 93, 94 degrees, you know, weather, um, Mm -hmm. the motivation to just get it done. There's, that's a, um, that's kind of like an inner warrior motivation where it's just like, damn it. I will not, <laughs> you know, that's like, that's like, uh, uh, you know, this, this fuel charged ninja motivation, you know, where you're like, yeah. I, I am not, I have not come this far to just be done. I'm going to see the completion of this. Right. You know? And I think as creative people or just people in general, I think a lot of us are like that. You know, I think it's in our human nature to, you know, uh, when you're, when you feel, you know, when you feel so close to achieving something, you're like, okay, I just, I just got to do this. You know, we see this in sports all the time where people do these amazing things, um, where they just kind of pull out a win, you know, in the last inning or Mm -hmm. something like that, where they're just so close that they're, you know, they just kind of pull, pull through it and, and, and achieve, you know, I think that that's, uh, it's, it feels like a win, you know? So there is a certain reward in that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, as a creative person or just a human being in general, I think the motivation to start is, is harder. It's the harder thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because unlike pulling weeds or cleaning the house or, or whatever, you know, things that have like a, a beginning and end is like bathrooms, dirty bathrooms, clean. Like it's like, there's a start and a finish with at least most creative projects. You're like, okay, there's the planning stage. And then the, the, uh, the sketching phase. And then the first draft, second draft, finishing touches, Mm -hmm. presentation stage. And then, and all of those kind of like meld together. And because there's like so many, like, bits and pieces to one thing it's like oh well i can stop after this and you know i'll get to the next step later Mm. whereas whereas if you're like like okay uh i'm cleaning the bathroom i scrubbed the the tub uh that's enough i'm not gonna i'm not gonna clean the clean the toilet or the sinks or the mirror or anything i'm just uh that's good enough Mm -hmm. like like you're gonna like no i've I've already started. I'm going to finish this through because if just the tub was clean, that would only emphasize what is not. And Mm so, uh, so yeah. So for creative projects, I think it's easier to kind of quit or take a break in the middle of it Mm -hmm. uh, because it's, it's easier to say, you know, Oh, well that's, you know, yeah, well, that's enough for today or, or yeah. that's good enough. And, and you can pick it up, you know, at a later time, mm-hmm. especially if it's something that you're doing for fun and it's not like a project for somebody else or it's not mm-hmm. freelance work or, or something like you're getting paid for or whatever. Um, where it's like, Oh, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll stop this and I'm going to play video games for three hours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you're longing for another, day when you have that much free time to Mm -hmm. to start it back up again Mm -hmm. see i think in this case i have no patience 
I'm not a very, <laughs> I, I know that I come across, maybe I don't, I don't know, but I've been told that I come across as a very Zen individual. And I love that because I think at the core of who I am, I am a very Zen individual. Mm-hmm. I tend to, I tend to act from, from, I try at least to act from, from soul, you know, from the soul part of my, my being. But um, with all of that aside, I'm not a patient person. I mean, as much as I try to be, I'm still from New York City. So we, I don't, <laughs> I, I lack, I lack the ability to just, you know, calm down and wait, you know, I, I just don't, I, I don't have that part, you know, of me. And, um, and it's something that I work on. I understand that, that, that sometimes things are a process, you know, and this is where my, my husband gets this is where he gets very frustrated with me because I'll ask him, Hey, did you do this? Hey, what about this? And Hey, what about that? And he'll say, well, you know, I emailed the person and I'm waiting for them to get back to me. And my response is usually, well, you you didn't call them or like, you know, you sent that email two weeks ago. Like you didn't send a follow-up. Like, how do you know they Mm -hmm. got the email? Like I'm very, I, I don't know. So I feel that way sometimes with my, um, my projects, you know, whether I'm cleaning the house or I'm doing, um, creative things. And I think it can actually work against you. Um, because if I'm, you know, doing something and I'm, I'm halfway done, sometimes I'll just like kind of rush through the last half of it just because I just want it. I just want it done. Like, I feel like I've invested three hours into making this song. I don't care if it takes me four more hours. I want it on YouTube and to just have it done like right. off my plate. So I think maybe having patience, you know, and, and, and having a process maybe doesn't always work for creative people. You know, if you're designing something and you're segmenting it into, you know, steps or something like that, maybe that's, maybe make it more simplified, you know, maybe just do something just to do it and have it done. You know, I know that that's not um, easy for people that are perfectionists with their work. Um, or people that criticize their work, they want it to be perfect. So sometimes they do walk away from it, you know, or they don't release it or they, they continue to work on it over and over again until they think that it's worthy of other eyes. You know, I think this is a, another thing, self-confidence, you know, besides routine and motivation, I think self-confidence, you know, you had mentioned that like your criticism, that part of your mind that criticizes your work. Mm-hmm. like pops in right and that can self-sabotage what you're working on or what you want to work on right oh absolutely it, it's it's funny you said about you, you and your husband because Megan and I are the same way whereas she uh if she has two days off uh she will want to get everything done yeah and and I have two days off I want to do nothing and <laughs> and so the problem is, is that, like you said, the, the momentum and getting the ball rolling while I trying to find a balance of wanting to do nothing and wanting to do everything. Yeah. Um, it's when you're doing nothing, you're just kind of like stewing in the, the, <laughs> cause you know, yeah. The, the creative just like, Hey, you have two days. These are, these are your two days. This is, you know, anything you wanted to get done is most likely to get done in these two days. Otherwise you have to wait a week and then do it again. Um, And so, but then the, what I like to call the wave of self doubt comes in. Mm -hmm. And if you're a a visually creative person, or even if you're a musician or or anything like that, and you're like, 
oh, well, I'm going to do this. And then you like listen to or, you know, look up inspiration for, for that project they want to do. And then you find 10 things that you think are better than what you can accomplish. You're like, yeah, well, what's the point? It's not, you know, it's already been done. I'm not going to, you know, put forth the effort. And then you just fall back down the ladder of things not getting done. And Mm -hmm. it all kind of snowballs into just, you know, days and days and weeks of things not getting done instead of, you know, putting your foot in the ground and say, okay, I don't, you know what, even if I, even if I don't like share it on Facebook or I don't, you know, post on Instagram or whatever, and it's just something for me, having that sense of accomplishment and saying, okay, I did this, it's done, Mm -hmm. it's over with, I'm happy Mm -hmm. with how it turned out. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, yeah. um, you know, as long as it's done and it's off of my mental checklist of things mm-hmm. that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I'm nowhere near that, that level of, <laughs> of being able to, you know, cross off the things on my mental checklist. But, you know, like you said, I, I'm aware of the issue. It's just yeah. a matter right, of, right. of, uh, taking the initiative and fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they say awareness is the first step. So you're, you're getting, you know, we're getting there. (laughs) I'm halfway there. (laughs) I'm in the parking lot. I just can't find a spot, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I have struggled a lot with this, what everything that you said, I have struggled with this my entire life. I am a people pleaser. Well, I, well, I had a friend of mine recently tell me that I, I, she does not view me as a people pleaser and to label myself as such is not fair. Um, because I guess I'm a reformed people pleaser. When I was a <laughs> child, I used to, and I want you to think about this too. We're not going to do any inner child meditations today, but okay. um, I'll spare you. It would take another hour. But, um, but no, I, I think that if we think back to um, us as children, you know, and we look at the behaviors Um, and this is not, you know, a counseling slash, you know, psychology session. I'm just saying to take a look at our tendencies, you know, like as children, um, you know, we have certain tendencies, we have certain behaviors that we exhibit and, um, chances are you carry those same tendencies and habits and mannerisms and thought processes into adulthood. And essentially we're just big you know, eight-year-olds walking around (laughs) (laughs) and we, and we wonder why we um, have so many, you know, shortcomings or why we don't feel successful or why we don't feel seen and heard. Um, And I really think that's where the self-criticism comes, comes to play. Um, I was making something the other day and I, I kept stopping and redoing it and stopping and redoing it. And I said to the boys, I go, I I think I'm just going to be done doing this. And they're like, why? It's going so well. Like you're, it looks amazing. And I was like, no, I just feel like every time I try to like finish it or take the next step with this, this project that I just hear this voice in my head going, this is so cringy. This is so corny. You -hmm. know what you're doing? Nobody's even going to care. You're wasting your time. You know, um, just it, it's not good enough it's you know just all of this stuff you know you, you're gonna look stupid if you do this or this is weird or this you know 
you don't have the the talent to finish this. You don't have the talent to be doing this. You know, all that stuff that kind of like, like, you know, goes in a revolving door in our minds. And, and I stopped and I realized that that voice that I was hearing, that criticizing voice wasn't even mine. It wasn't even mine. It was, it is a relative of mine that was very judgmental as I was growing up. And if we live with a relative that was judgmental or somebody that didn't accept us, we tend to have their dialogue in our mind, even as adults. So sometimes it's helpful, you know, even you, Abbott, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but, you know, to people that are listening, uh, in, in a moment of self-sabotage or self-criticism, ask yourself if that's truly your voice or if that's the voice of a relative that always maybe told you that you would never measure up or somebody that always criticizes you. You know, maybe it's not even a relative. It could be a friend that you grew up with that was always in weird competition with you and made you feel like, you know, that your stuff wasn't as good because they were envious. You know, I think sometimes it's not even our own voice that's playing in a loop in our head. And if it is, if you're like, no, this is definitely me, you know, self-sabotaging and criticizing. I, I had all the support I could ever want growing up and as a young adult. Um, and now into adulthood, I have a lot of supportive people, which puts the pressure on me even more. And then I hate myself even more and tell myself I suck even more. If it is your own voice, then I think it really, really helps. This has helped me because like I said, I, you know, I'm not just a spokesperson. I'm also a customer, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, this, I'm not just speaking, you know, um, out of turn. I've, I've, I've spent years and years and years trying to do this and trying and practicing and it has made a big difference. I, I take a step back when I'm working on something and I view myself as somebody that deserves respect for how hard I work. My stuff that I do, my projects, they could be garbage. Abbott, they could be garbage. I could make <laughs> the worst song, the, the most boring podcast. I could make I could post a quote that nobody likes and it just sits there on in the internet, you know, just taking up space, you know, but no one can ever take away the respect that I deserve because I'm a genuine person. I do these things because I care just as you create art, because you said positivity means a lot to you and you feel as though there's a need for it. It's an outlet for you. It's an, it's an expression of your soul. It's an expression of what's in your mind and in your heart. And regardless of the result, you deserve respect for being a genuine person in creating that. And sometimes we really have to kind of bitch slap ourselves into, into remembering that because it's super disrespectful. We would not handle that well if somebody were to talk to us mm-hmm. the way that we sometimes speak to ourselves. And I think that really does put it in perspective. If you're like, I deserve more respect. And right now I'm bullying myself. I at least deserve respect for the fact that I'm trying to make something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's definitely something that I've uh, struggled with for, for as long as I can remember, because to me, at least in, in my brain, in my line of thinking, and I understand this is flawed, but it's, it's the the line of thought where it's like you can either be humble or quote unquote humble and say, Oh, well, you know, this thing that I made, it's not that, you know, it's okay. It's not, it's not that great. Or, uh, 
or it comes off as braggadocious and like, oh, well, this is the greatest thing that's, mm-hmm. that anyone has ever made ever. And, and you should all be thankful that I even thought of making something <laughs> like this. And in my head, it's, it's a B like there's, it's one or the other. And, and it's and hard. You know what I would say to you and that yeah. is that only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> Like, <laughs> for my Star Wars people out there. Mm-hmm. No, truly, though. I mean, it's so interesting to me that, you know, creative people tend to be very, very much A or B. You know, we tend to be very cut and dry. It either is or it isn't. And you know that life is not like that. I mean, think about that kid that was mowing the grass in all zigzags. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like if his dad would have said, no, there's only one way to cut grass and it has to be straight lines or diagonal, you know, it can't even be diagonal lines. You know, it has to be straight lines because it has to be perfect. You know, you would look at that dad like, wow, you're a dick, you know? <laughs> so, so the fact that we do that to ourselves, we're being dicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, you know, trying to convince yourself saying, you know, if you're more on the humble side, uh, you know, saying, no, you, you did this, you did this thing. You, you put a lot of time and effort into it. And as long as you're happy with it, then it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. And, but you should be proud of, you know, everything that you've done. If you're on the other side, if you're the, the braggy, you know, Hey, everyone come see how awesome I am person. Um, it's, trying to be more humble and it's like you know yeah it's great but and you can be proud of everything that you've done but you know it's not it's still being humble enough and accepting in the fact it's like oh well there's you know more things to learn and there's more you know not every you don't know everything that i've that I forget who said it. There's a quote. It's like everyone knows something that you but not don't. Everybody knows everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know trying to to find that balance of being proud of yourself, but not coming off as a jerk about it. And here's uh, the thing, though, Abbott. If somebody perceives, uh, uh, if you if you create some, I don't mean to interrupt, but I get so fired up about this. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, if somebody perceives you as that way, in that way, then they don't really know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, if, if they think that you're bragging about something or that you're conceited because you're really good at something um, and you're, you're celebrating it um, and, and you're worried, you know, and I'm not just saying you in general, I have a lot of friends that are in that same, you know, that same mindset that they're afraid to, they're afraid to receive, they're afraid to acknowledge their gifts. I, I'm in that boat sometimes too right now with some of my sessions I'm just sometimes it the session is so good you know when I'm I'm doing Reiki or I'm doing a read for someone or I'm whatever just intuitively sometimes it's so good and it's so spot on that it scares me and I'm like oh gosh you know like and people are oh you should be so you know so thrilled and celebrating you know what you can do and how you can help other people and I'm just like uh if I say yeah you're right that was amazing you know, I, I'm so talented. It feels like people are going to judge you, but, but truly that's just a, an issue with just receiving, mm-hmm. you know, if people perceive you as conceited, they don't really know you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's more of the, the issue is 
someone instead of you thinking or you being proud of something that you've done if somebody else tells you hey man that was that poster you made that's really cool like that's you know that it looks really cool and and you should be happy with it it's yeah it's like you said it's like well if you say yes then am, am i coming off as egotistical and and patting myself on the back too much but if i stay humble then i'm discrediting what that person thinks and say oh well no you're you're silly because it's not that great and i'm just you know i'm just whatever and it's you know being able to be proud of yourself and be happy with everything that you did and yet you know accept in accepting praise when when it's given and and then being able to give yourself that praise is something that I would assume that most creative people have to deal with. Yeah. I think this is a real flaw in our society where we, where we, we applaud the people that don't receive compliments or are quote unquote humble or whatever. Um, And, and we've, and we, we ostracize and, and uh, you know, point fingers at people that are quote unquote confident or, you know, take compliments or mm-hmm. are conceited or whatever. I think it's a huge issue. I, it, this happens at a very young level. I mean, this happens at like preschool level where it's like, if you do something great, if you, you know, wash your hands at then I taught preschool. So once again, not speaking out, uh, you know, out of left field here, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've walked that path. You know, a little kid puts his snack away exactly how he's supposed to or washes his hands exactly how he's supposed to because he can reach the the faucet. And then there's another kid that can't do it. And the one kid that did it well is proud of themselves and says, I did it. You know, I put my snack away or I can reach the faucet. How many times have you heard or could you envision people going, oh, well, that's you're going to hurt so-and-so's feelings because so-and-so can't reach the faucet or so-and-so doesn't know how to put their snack away. So that that's not appropriate to sell. You know, how many times do you people say, oh, you're going to make somebody else feel bad? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a huge problem that we have in, in our society where if you play small, people are more comfortable with that because yeah. if you don't, you're seen as conceited. And I think it's a fine line. I think if you're boasting and you're bragging and you're making other people feel bad about themselves, you're putting other people down and trying to magnify whatever it is that you're doing. I think there's an issue in that, but I think there's a bigger issue and an an unhealthy issue with, with this, 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 this expectation in our society that you have to play small in order to look gracious. You have to play small in order to look modest and humble about your work. You know, it reminds me, Abbott, and I might have mentioned this on a previous podcast. I was listening to a radio show where there was a guy playing the piano. He's talking about how he played the piano and he's been playing since he was like four years old or something. Some sort of prodigy, Mm. like amazing, amazing. And um, he said, you know, when people tell me, hey, you're an amazing musician. um, He says, I know. Thank you. I've worked really hard. And he said that always throws people. They always look at him like, you know. (laughs) <laughs> like even though they right, like even though they gave him a compliment, they're like, you know, I just gave you a compliment. You're just supposed to like sheepishly go, no, I'm not that good. Oh, stop. 
you know, like we're expected to receive compliments in that way. And that's wrong because he said, and I, and I, this has always stayed with me. He said, I've worked really hard at becoming the, uh, the musician that I am. So when people tell me you're amazing at what you do, he said, I'd like to receive the acknowledgement for that. I receive their compliments. It's not like he's walking up and going, Hey, 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 I just played Mozart. Hey, Beethoven. I just played it. Did you hear me play Bach? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, what did you think? What did you think? The best you've ever heard. Right. You know, like, it's not like he's, you know, interrogating people and fishing for compliments. He's, you know, somebody took the opportunity to compliment what he's able to do and he received it. Yeah. And I think that that, that just helps to put everything in perspective is you've worked really hard. We all have everybody listening to this, especially artists, because sometimes we have to fight against, you know, things and and obstacles that other people don't have where, you know, we're seen as, as not as important, you know, the arts and things like that, you know, we have to fight even harder, I think, sometimes to have a career in what we know how to do and to maintain that career. And I think, um, you know, it, it, realizing how far we've come and how, how long this journey has been and where you started out as an illustrator and a designer and an artist and a podcaster. And then looking at where you are now, I think that deserves, that deserves acknowledgement. And I, I say that for everyone too, because it's been a path. It's been a journey and it's not, it's, it's been hard won. Yeah. That was, that was my soapbox. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's yeah, absolutely. That it's you know and I think like for someone like me and and you know for other creative people it, it you know it takes time to you know get to that level where you're okay with accepting praise and compliments and everything, but and it's something that you know needs to be you know worked on and you know, it's like, say, Hey, I like that. I like that post you made. Even if it's just saying something like just saying thank you and, and accepting the compliment, you don't have to say like, Oh yeah. Like, thank you. Doesn't mean, yeah, I know I'm pretty awesome. Like it's, it's, it's just, you're accepting the compliment and you're taking it for what it is. And Mm -hmm. you're not, you know, it doesn't mean that, like you said, it doesn't mean that you're you know, conceited. Or yeah, right. Or... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? As creative people, Abbott, and, and, and this is this is truly like my my um, champion thought on all of this yes. is that as creative individuals, we create things for other people to feel something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So we don't get to judge what they feel. If they feel really moved, like I can't tell you how many shows that I've done, shows that you have probably been a part of or have come to see, you know, where people are like, that was amazing. Or that song in the second act really moved me or I cried, you know, if it was Fiddler on the Roof, I cried. You know, when people tell me these things, I, for years, I would just like, oh, God, they liked that song. Like, oh, that <laughs> mic wasn't working. And um, oh, yeah, that person that that you know, we had to use the understudy. So it wasn't that great. And, you know, or they weren't as rehearsed or whatever, you know, 
who are we to judge what we put out? We are the creators. We make something in order to get people to feel something. And when they do feel something and they have a response, it is not our job to criticize how it moved them. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, you know, we just have to accept it. If they loved it, then they loved it. Then rejoice and celebrate in that, you know, if they didn't like it, then okay. At least it made them feel something. It's better than creating stuff that people don't feel anything at all. You know, if, mm-hmm. if people visit your T5 podcast on Facebook, I mean, you're going to see those bold, bright, beautiful colors, you know, right off the bat. That makes people, even before they know what they're even looking at, mm-hmm. or they actually, because I have, I, being a creative person, I've kind of, you know, I like to zoom in and like look at actual, you know, details. Um, but even people that don't do that, they're going to be moved and feel something just by the colors that you put in your design. And it's just one example, yeah. you know? So, so I think sometimes we just need to take a step back and learn how to receive um, because it's, it's, it's not easy to be a creative person and to continue to try to uh, implement that, especially in, in the world that we're living in today, you know? Yeah. It, and it's, you saying that it reminded me of when I, w- when I was in high school and I was, I did one play, which I regret not doing more because it was, <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, but I did one play, uh, it was leading ladies. And I yeah. was the, I mean, there were only, I think like eight people in the show, like, yeah. sort of, like cast members. Mm-hmm. And of the eight, I was number eight, like in terms <laughs> of like, you know, importance of role or whatever but mm-hmm. um but i i i was the the comedic you know comedic relief role and you saying that it's like sure i didn't you know i didn't write the play or or you know i didn't whatever but like but i performed it and i presented you know these words to you know this crowd of people and you know at least once or twice per performance you know, something that I said or did, you know, got laughs out of people. And, and even, even me, you know, not being the, the star role or, or having, you know, a, a, you know, more lines or whatever. It's like, yeah, but I, I, even for that one second, I made them laugh. I, I helped, you know, I released endorphins and I made their night even slightly better and exactly and if you can do that with theater or music or design or or any anything even non-creative things where it's you know you're you're checking in on you know especially in the quarantine it's like you know yeah we may not be able to go out and see each other right now and, and physically be with someone but uh you know go you know have a zoom chat with, you know, your friend from high school that you haven't talked to in mm-hmm. 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've done that. Yeah. I just did that. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, find ways to be positive in such a, a negative world that we're in seemingly right now. And, you know, if you can, it's hard for creative people I, and again, I'm painting with 
you know, broad brushstrokes here, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I th- would assume it's hard for most creative people to not want their artwork to reach and impact as many people as possible. But mm-hmm. if you, if you make something, if you, if you write a song and you post it on uh, YouTube and it only has five views and one like it's like yeah well that one person that liked it you know it impacted them in such a way that they needed to let you know that you left a positive mark on them yes and you know everyone aims for a thousand people but if you hit one or two that's Mm -hmm. that's all you need that's for that's that's absolutely true absolutely true um, you know, when I want to, and, and just to recap really quick, you know, when it comes to motivation and routine and trying to find that, that, that push to, to create and to be proud of what you create, just remember the things that the ideas that you have, if you don't turn them into anything tangible, then, then, you know, you're, you're not doing what you came here to do. You know, like everybody has, I'm a firm believer. Everybody has a purpose. Um, and I know that that sounds real bumper stickery, but it, it, but it's true. I mean, I, I, you know, we all have, you know, this, this interwoven, you know, treasure map of our lives and we are supposed to do things that affect other people. And if you don't, if you stop being creative and you don't create, then it's a real shame because you might be the only one who does. You might be the only one. Maybe there's somebody out there that needs your influence. They need what you create. And like you said, maybe it's just that one like. And if you're the one that's creating it and moving them and influencing them, you could be the only person that's doing it. Yeah. And if you take yourself off the grid, then then those other people have nothing. Right. They don't have, they don't have that influence. So... So Abbott, thank you so much for, for joining me. This was very uplifting and fulfilling. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- thank you for having me. Yes. Um, I always like to pick your brain about the things that you do and, um, you know, us both being self-proclaimed uh, creative individuals, we are still very different, you know, very mm-hmm. different in what we do creatively, except for the podcast thing. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, a, um, it's a very slim Venn diagram. It is. It is. Um, but any, do you have any other um, lasting little tidbits or anything like that about people that um, maybe are in graphic design or um, people that are trying to get better at their art? You know, anybody that might be listening to this. Sometimes I have students that listen to this. Um, any, any like maybe like words of wisdom, you know, to, to quote our, our Beatles, any words of wisdom <laughs> in that arena? Um, I think the, the best, I, I kind of, kind of a funny side story that I, that I'll make very quickly. I, uh, at work, there's another, uh, business in, in our building and they have a, there's a dry erase board outside of it. And I just happened to notice that it was blank and I'm like, Oh, look, something for me to write on. And, uh, <laughs> And they had a dry erase marker and 
and so like for the past couple of weeks i've just been trying to like write inspirational or or you know otherwise positive things on there and um one that i wrote uh last week that is something that i tried to remember and hopefully if i if i can pass it along here um it's from a song called firewood by mm-hmm. regina specter Mm. and there's a line in there that says love what you have and you'll have more love Ooh. and i i just take that as like yeah you know things may not be great things may be dark or bleak or you may not have the newest you know computer or phone or car or, or whatever and but if you appreciate the things you have, if you appreciate the people that you have in your life, it's, you know, that's all you need. And you're able to, you can say, you know, even these few things that I have, you know, some people have less and Mm. to be appreciative of what you have and, and yeah, just love what you have and you'll have more love. Yeah, and, and it it feeds into itself, and the more that you can look into the positives of things, the more positives there will be. Hmm. Yeah, like attracts like, and I think that it's very important. I love that you said that. By the way, I love that. I'm actually going to take that with me also, yeah. um, in my mind. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think the happier we are as creative individuals, the better our creations will be. Mm -hmm. And, um, the one way to feel happier is to practice gratitude and to love, love what you have, because that will generate more love. So I love that. I'm going to love that so that there's more love. There we go. (laughs) See, it's starting already. It is. See, it works guys. Um, (laughs) Abbott, thank you so much. This was wonderful. And um, like I said, it's been a long time coming. I'm so happy that we were able to finally, finally collaborate on this. I've been on your um, podcast at least three, three times, I think, um, mm-hmm. t- two or three times. So um, I was just really, really overjoyed to have you on tonight. So, so thank you so much. And uh, guys, don't, don't um, forget to visit Abbott on Facebook, T5 um, podcast, and then also anywhere that podcasts are available. Uh, he and Mike have a hilarious Um, a hilarious dynamic between the two of them you will not be disappointed and as always please feel free to visit me on sweetheart soul sessions on facebook and i will talk to you soon bye abbott bye let me call you sweetheart i'm in love with you let me hear you whisper that